Hey everybody, this is Randy Withers. Welcome into another pregame edition of the Inside Slant podcast from jayhawkslant.com. Or should I call it the 5 and 0 undefeated number 19 in the nation Inside Slant podcast from jayhawkslant.com. We have a Big time show lined up for you guys this week. We're going to talk nothing but Kansas football, as you become accustomed to in these weekly editions. We're going to talk about the big win over Iowa State that vaunted Lance Leipold's Kansas Jayhawks into the top 25. And we're going to preview what is a huge matchup in the Big 12 Undefeated Kansas playing host to undefeated TCU in Lawrence. So big that ESPN College Game Day will be there Saturday morning. We're going to give our predictions and we're going to talk about what has the potential to be a huge recruiting weekend for this program and Lance Leipold's efforts to rebuild Kansas football. We have some star studded guests. We have a fantastic lineup. We're going to be joined by the gunslinger, the man, number five, former Kansas quarterback and all-time great Jayhawk Todd Reesing will be with us today, as well as former Kansas Jayhawk offensive lineman and one of the true voices of this program and of Kansas athletics in general, the man himself, Mr. David Lawrence. Before we get into all that, let me bring on my partner, the publisher of Jayhawk Slant, the longest tenured man on the Kansas football beat who knows this program better than anyone else, and my good friend, Mr. John Kirby. JK, how are you this evening? Randy, how about that for a lineup, man? We're going to have Reasing and David Lawrence on. I mean, you're talking two guys right there that can flat out talk some KU football. Those are some luminaries right there. I mean, we <laughs> they are. you do a good job of getting good guests every week, but when you can... We really don't have to say anything. Just, yeah, we got David Lawrence and Todd Reesing. You don't have to say anything else. People will hear that and they'll say, I I need to listen to that. That's fantastic. Well, you know, the I said in the last podcast, okay, and I said this on Sports Radio 810 when I was on, that the this team's starting to f- remind me of 2007. I heard you say okay? and, and, and And I want to say this with a caveat. I'm not sitting here saying they're going to be 12 and 1. Okay. Mm-hmm. Who knows? Maybe they can. But my point is, is the reason they were, that th- they give me that feel, Randy. In 2007, every week people kept saying, oh, they're going to lose this week. Oh, they're going to lose. And then by about week eight or nine, people started going, okay, these Jayhawks are for real. And, and Reasing will talk about that a little bit. But listen, when I was ta- thinking about 2007 last week on the podcast and then. The Reasing was back for homecoming this week. I'm like, we got to get him on the show. No doubt. And that is a huge get. I mean, to get a guy that is so iconic in in Kansas athletics history. I mean, he is one of the all-time great Jayhawks, as everyone knows. He led an unbelievable two-and-a-half-year run as a starting quarterback and as, as a lot of people in the, the, the Kansas football fan base know, he is iconic for a lot of reasons that go necessarily maybe beyond the football field. But to, to get Todd, that's that's a fantastic pull. And and obviously David Lawrence, you know, one of the most one of maybe the proudest Jayhawks that you will ever come across. A guy that even over the last, you know, ten years, when things haven't been so good. David Lawrence always had stories about people within this program that you could root for, that you could get behind, and told you why you should care about these guys. And now, out of nowhere, just like, as you said, in 2007, we are undefeated and ranked in the top 25, gearing up for a massive, massive matchup with TCU on Saturday. Now, the Jayhawks are on a roll. But you know who else is on a roll? Team Driven Fundraising has been our sponsor throughout the early part of the season. They are 5-0, and just like the Inside Slant podcast is 5-0, and just like the nationally ranked Kansas football Jayhawks are 5-0. and And they've got a special little little added discount, a little, a little something to get Kansas fans involved and, and help them 
give a boost to the athletic programs at their high school or maybe their kids are involved in. Kirby, tell people a little bit about that. Yeah, Randy, you know, we talked about uh, TeamDrivenFundraising.com has been our sponsor for this year. And, you know, we've always talked about that I've been kind of picky about making sure you get the right sponsor. And mm-hmm. and he's a member of our message board and a, and a KU football fan. And I think his intention was just to do it one or two times. And then they started winning, and he's thinking, well, I can't pull my sponsorship now. We keep winning. So he just comes back every week, you know. But, so, hey, so the, here's what he said this week. He said he's got a deal going, and he wants it. Listen, he said, and I talked to him about this. In the fundraising business, the companies that set these things up, they take 25%, 30%, and upward on this. So he's got a deal for anybody who wants to do a fundraiser or with their team or organization, he can do it. Teamdrivenfundraising.com. Uh-huh. Okay, he's gonna he's gonna charge five percent, which he said in that business is unheard of. So this is a great deal. If anybody out there is looking for their team, get with them. Teamdrivenfundraising.com. Tell them you want the Jayhawk slant five and oh special and he said he will take any take care of anybody listening to this that mentions that our man houston hawk like i say he is on an undefeated run with the inside slant podcast as we cover kansas football this season he can help you make an impact for the athletic programs at your school or for your kids programs for that matter to help get kids involved that might not otherwise be able to afford to do it they do great work they can do a lot to help your kids be sure and reach out to them and take advantage of that special only available to listeners of the inside slant podcast from our sponsor teamdrivenfundraising.com all right so john we've talked about it if there's anybody that is enjoying this out of nowhere, out of the blue, if you will, run for the Kansas football Jayhawks. That is our good friend, David Lawrence. If anybody has reveled in seeing people pack the booth for now a third consecutive sellout, it's our man, DL. You hear him every game on the Kansas Jayhawks radio network. I'm going to go ahead and send this over to the studio line where Kirby is joined by our good friend and the analyst for the Kansas Jayhawks, Mr. David Lawrence. We have a good group of guests for this podcast lined up, and we're going to start it off with former KU football player and radio analyst, David Lawrence. David, how you doing, man? John, I am great. It's great to be on with you, as always. Well, it's always, uh, you and I have our good football talks at the press conferences, and, you know, some I haven't asked you, just What's it been like to call these first five games from the booth and be around the program? It's been great, you know, obviously. Um, you know, I, I I was talking to BMAC. I mean, we always felt like, you know, we always have a chance. I've been doing this, you know, for a long time. But even when we weren't as good, you know, we still get geeked up for, for games and, and feeling like, you know, we have a chance that there's some things that, you know, if we do these things right, uh, catch a break here and there, that, yeah, we can win. Obviously, that's changed now. We're, we're going to have a a much better chance every time we line up and put them on. It, it, it's great. You know, I it, it is what it is when you listen to, to me on the radio. I'm um, I'm a Kansas person or a Kansas football person and and those emotions come out so um you know so there's always a, a big bias and uh the excitement level is is real it's not manufactured well I think all the fans like hearing your emotion especially during a time like this you know I kind of wanted to get your thoughts on the last game okay and and for me personally once I was able to get back home from covering the game and being a, around the players, to me, David, it was it was kind of a, a good win for me because I saw for the first time this year the offense kind of struggle and the defense have to step up to win. I just you know give me your take on on what you saw from the defense and how that can maybe snowball into confidence on both sides. Exactly. Uh, yeah. I'm- 
mentioned that at the end of our game. I said, you know what? You know, these kind of ugly games are the best games if you win them. And they're certainly not if you lose them. And since we won, it was the absolute best for the reasons that you have already cited, you know, that that we found a different way to win. Special teams and defensive play. And that's why we won the game. Um, and the the confidence boost that it gives this team, you know, the fact that our offense doesn't feel the pressure, you know, I think that was mentioned in the presser today, you know, it wasn't due for the offense. They, obviously, you know, they know that they can depend on their defense for stops and getting off the field. And defensively, you know, they've got to feel really good about themselves. So they felt great in the earlier games when they when we won, you know, 50 to 40. But, you know, nothing like Saturday where, where they felt like, hey, you know what, uh, the offense couldn't get it done like in, in weeks past, but we stepped up and, and we we brought home a victory. So that was great. It was uh, sensational. And, you know, I think – uh, we we did miss a field goal. Um, we got to clean that up. But I, I thought our punt game and return game was very good. Uh, and and that's you, you look at the big turnarounds for Snyder, for Mangino, for Mason back in the day, and even Fambro going back to when I played. It all starts with special teams. Those are some things that you can take care of. And as we know, uh, an advantage of the portal and the rule allowing our scholarship numbers to get up is we have more depth and we can put in some fresh athletes that can uh, perform better on special teams. You know, I wanted to ask you this, and I'm kind of giving you the floor here, but as the team's 5-0, and you know, what are some things that you've seen that you like and then maybe a couple things that you look and say, hey, this needs to get cleaned up. Well, it is, you know, amateur football, so everything can get better. Um, but what what I like, you know, talking to Michael Ford today, you know, I, what I like about them is what I'm not seeing, and that is, you know, careless penalties, mistakes that force you off the field. You know, we have not seen them. We had a couple in the second half on Saturday, but overall for the five game season, the offensive line has had a hat on a hat and not the careless penalties that stall drives. And it allows us, you know, to, to score repetitiously and, you know, just start mounting drives time after time. Again, uh, Nowitzki has been so good and, you know, everyone has been consistent. Dominic Pooney, you know, I told him I was going to get him a nickname. I've decided to call, you know, him dealing or giving out punishment uh, <laughs> at that left guard position. Uh, our, our tackles, Cable and Bostic, has, has done a good job of neutralizing some of the best defensive ends, you know, in, in the Big 12 and, and other. So I, I like that. The tight end group, I, you know, if you listen to the broadcast, you've heard me rave about the blocking of Fairchild and Casey. You know, Casey, open field blocking as good as I've seen a, a tight end do, and Cardell with his athleticism. The running back room has certainly uh, been well documented. The receiver core, though, I think is the one area that's been undervalued. Um, I was just talking to Lawrence Arnold today how I just love the way this kid blocks. And he told me it's because he used to play safety and he loves the physical contact. And Tanaka Scott is a is just a next-level player waiting to blossom. Luke Grimm, one of the best college receivers that we've had here in a while. And, and Quentin Skinner, fast, athletic, high points. Uh, Stephen McBride is a, a real speedster. Our defensive line played, you know, the, its best game by far. You know, we, we heard – today from Borland, Coach Borland, you know, that he felt every level played much better. I love the fact that Lorenzo McCaskill is is have, he's got a home now. I mean, he got here so late, we couldn't say that back when we played uh, Tennessee Tech. But we see that now. Uh, Craig Young, you know, his athleticism in space is something we haven't seen in a long time. 
the fact that we can bring in backups like Caleb Taylor, Jeremy Robinson, Hayden Hatcher, and Eddie Wilson. I mean, those are all guys. And a third-team guy coming in on Saturday, Tommy Dunn, that made a couple of huge plays, not to mention Zion DeBose. So just the depth of the defensive line, something we've not experienced in the past. And then on the back end, you know, Kobe Bryant's having an all-conference type year. Kenny Logan, as, as many good games as he's played, maybe his best game on Saturday. And then uh, Melo Dotson, I frequently talk about our super softs, uh, O.J. Burroughs, Kobe Bryant, and Melo Dotson. Is just, we're, we're just watching these kids grow up in front of us, beginning with last year when they made you know many mistakes. I'm not sure that they really knew exactly what they were doing, in fact, you know, they kind of said that, but obviously we, we had to go to them because we didn't have we didn't have the depth. So we just went with their athleticism, and now they figured it out. And they've been so fun to watch. And then Marvin and and Kaylin giving us some uh, some great depth back there. The hard hitting, the physicality of Marvin is very apparent when he goes in there. So you know, all those things coming together. There's a belief, a, a system, and let's face it that. You know, you win seven to ten games every year. You know, this season, it's just, you know, it's not out of the ordinary. For what they're going through, this is just uh, – they know the impact it's having on Jayhawk Nation, on themselves, how much better they feel about the product they're putting out there on the field. And it's it's just a joy. And I, I'm, I'm proud of our fans, you know, uh, uh, they have stepped up to the plate just like our team has. And, you know, they make a difference. And I I don't know. I think you probably are up in the press box, but we, we can hear a difference up there. I thought there was a couple plays on the field where they did um, make it more difficult for Iowa State out there on the field. So, I mean, it, it's just a great story. And having said that, you know, we're going to run into some snags. Obviously, our offense didn't, you know, have as good a performance had a lot to do with Iowa State, and we're going to run into more of those. And we're playing the best opponent we've played thus far in TCU on on Saturday. So a lot of things to clean up, but the the, the distance we've traveled has been significant, and it's just it's just been a fun thing to cover, to be a part of, to be a fan of, um, and you know all the talk about Leipold. Uh, it, it's great that the fact that we've got something that everybody else wants. And, you, you know, like I told someone from uh, Nashville radio yesterday, you know, why would you think that, you know, going to, let's say Nebraska that you can win, can you win a, a, a big 10 championship there faster than you can win a big 12 championship in, in Lawrence? I, I don't, I don't really think so, John. And, and yeah, there's a bias there, but, uh, uh, I think Travis Golf is is going to make the environment here, you know, just like the environments of these other schools that that you know you hear the rumors about. So I feel good about the future of, of Lance Leipold and Kansas football. Well, David, it has been a fun five first games. It's been fun talking to you when we run to each other. And I, I definitely appreciate you coming on the podcast and Hey, we're going to have an exciting Saturday. Well, starting with Friday, if you're going to go up to the uh, ESPN set, but we got a, another big one this weekend. It's my pleasure. All right, Thank buddy. You, see you. Bye-bye. JK, the Hawks moved to five and zero with the 14, 11 win over the big 12 conference for Iowa State Cyclones. Let's talk about that game a little bit. And I want to focus on something you said, and that's that there is no such thing as an ugly win, especially in a conference game. Yeah, Randy, I said that in um, in my column mm-hmm. that I wrote Sunday. Mm-hmm. Because after the game, I had some texts from buddies and stuff. Hey, it wasn't pretty, but hey, it's a win. And I know Lance was asked in the post game, hey, that was an ugly win. And, and you know, you keep hearing that. And it's when you're building a program, there is no such thing as an ugly win, right? I mean, oh, no a doubt. win is a win. And, you know, I'll tell you who the win wasn't ugly to. The win wasn't ugly to the defense. Not at all. Okay. What? And you I mean, ain't lying the, with that. The defense just. They just held Iowa State to 11 points, and they were a huge reason that they won the game. So to them, it wasn't ugly. 
to them, it was pretty. Okay, so I just say when you're trying to build a program and you're Kansas right now, you take wins any way you can get them. And to me, there is no such thing as an ugly win right now if you're the Kansas Jayhawks. Maybe Alabama might have a win that they call ugly, okay? But when you're KU right now, a win is a win and you are happy. You know, I was driving back on, on K-10 after the game. Mm-hmm. Trust me, when you're, on, when you're on K-10 right now, you have a lot of time to think about <laughs> So, I mean, that construction that when you're getting out of town from Lawrence there and then you hit K-10 there around DeSoto and that thing all goes to one lane. Boy, I'll tell you, I I can come up with more thoughts on KU football than anybody in the world. Um, But, you know, the the defense stepped up and it was a huge win. And for the first four weeks, what did we hear? You know, the offense was averaging 48 points a game and the offense was carrying it. And I think it was the it was almost the perfect win for this program to have the defense step up and do their part. Special teams did their part. And now you look at this thing and you start going, God, if they can do this together, right? If the offense can go, the defense can go, the special teams can go, these guys can be really good because we've seen now that they can do all three phases of the game. Now you're just ready to put it together. You know, I don't know that, you know, I don't know Iowa State, you know, their offense you know, I, you know, it's it's up and down. It's not some of the old offenses you've seen in the past where they have the really good tight end and the really good back and Purdy quarterbacking them and the the real big physical offensive lines. But let me tell you, Iowa State's defense is pretty dang good. All right, I mean they were good. They were coached up. They were ready for Jalen Daniels they when were, he went on his quarterback run game. They were arguably they were, the best defense in the Big Twelve coming into this game, John. Well, they, they were. Now, now I don't know if they are personnel wise. But they are scheme-wise. Exactly. There's no doubt that that they have, they know where they're supposed to be and what they're supposed to do. Mm-hmm. And that makes them a dangerous team. Mm-hmm. And, you know, there, there were some times where Jalen Daniels was heading off and you're going, okay, here's a 10-yard gain. And then all of a sudden, a linebacker and a safety came out of nowhere. They were ready for him. I mean, they were coached up, and yards did not come easy, which makes that win so big is the fact that they were able to, you know, a defense that had 200 and what, 15, 220 total yards. I can't even remember what they were, but it was somewhere right in that area. Mm-hmm. And, and just the fact that the fact that the defense stepped up, I thought it was a great win. I, I was almost more happy to see them win like that than I would have 48 to 37 or something like that, because this showed me they can find different ways to win the game. Agree. And what's, what's, I kept thinking about this the whole time, Uh, During the fourth quarter of that game on Saturday, I was watching it actually at a barbecue with a good friend of uh, my wife and I's and watching it on my phone. And I just kept thinking, how fitting is it that you've got two original Big 8 programs fighting in a defense-oriented field position game reminiscent of the old school Big 8? I just I just kept coming back to that. And it's it's funny because, you know, we've we've talked a lot, you know, over the last week, you've made the comment, John, how this season and you said it earlier, it's starting to in certain ways remind you of that that magical run in 2007 where the Jayhawks just kept winning behind guys like Todd Breezing, Carrie Meyer and Desmond Briscoe, Brandon McAnderson, Mike Rivera, Joe Mortensen, all those names that we all remember, though they were been they've been underdogs every single game. Now you bring up that 07 season though. What better guest to have on than Kansas Jayhawk Luminary, iconic quarterback number five himself, Mr. Todd Reesing. Our next guest needs no introduction as I welcome in one of the all-time KU football greats, former quarterback Todd Reesing. Todd, how you doing, man? John, I'm doing great. You know, we're sitting here at 5-0 and as Jayhawk fans. Uh, things are heading our direction, and I couldn't be happier. Okay. You, you know, you were one of the headliners coming back for homecoming. Just t- <laughs> tell us about the trip and what was it like to be back in Lawrence? Well, it sure was a fun week, and I'll tell you that much. Um, you know, it started with the, the rally they put together uh, down on Mastery, which has had an, an incredible turnout of fans and alumni. We put together a great concert down there, and uh, 
They actually gave me the microphone, which is always a, a risky <laughs> proposition for someone. But uh, it was fun. I got up there, got the fans a little bit excited, uh, and it sure was a lot of uh, a lot of fun just to see how excited people are to see the football program back um, back in the winning uh, direction. Um, they can tell that Coach Leipold and the staff and, and everyone has really bought into what they're trying to accomplish. And it definitely reminds me of, of how we were back in 2007, 2008, 2009. Uh, and it's just so great to see because I know fans have really been craving this type of success and momentum for a long time. You know, Todd, when you go back for an event like that, is it like do you see a lot of your former teammates and guys come back and hang out for that? Yeah, I got to see a lot of the guys I used to play with. You know, got to see Stucky down there uh, at the rally and at the game day and, and Mike Rivera and uh, a number of other guys. So it, it's a lot of fun just to connect with former players uh, that you haven't seen in years. You know, uh, as you as you move on from football and, and you know get a decade or so removed, you know, life uh, tends to start going pretty fast. So to be able to come back, relive some of those old memories, be around that that youthful excitement that uh, college football brings to you. Uh, it's very nostalgic, uh, and it also just helps keep that connection to the university so strong. And I'm I'm so proud to have gone to Kansas, uh, so I love getting back there and helping out and, and seeing the energy that they're trying to create. You know, you mentioned back when you played, and you talked about 2007. You know, I remember that season so well because it, it was like a week-to-week thing. You know, everybody kept waiting for the shoe to drop and Kansas to lose, right? I mean, it was the... You know, you hit Briscoe on that little slip screen down in Manhattan, and then Tlaib picks it off to win the game, and then the big stop on Javorski Lane at A&M, and then you hit hit Marcus Henry down in Stillwater for a big play that I think went for a touchdown. That kind of sealed the game. And There were so many games, though, that going into it, people were like, okay, this is the week Kansas loses. Oh, no, next week's the week's going to be that Kansas loses. And I, I said this on our last podcast that, this kind of has a little bit of a feel. I'm not ready to predict a BCS bowl game or anything, but it, it feels like that because every week the team is supposed to lose or, or, or the underdog. You know, I get that same feel. No, it, it's exactly uh, exactly right, Sean. That's a great comparison. And that's um, that's how it was during that year for us. Is Every week we were picked to lose, and every week we found a way to keep on winning. And I think what was – really awesome to see from this past win against Iowa State is that they did it on defense. And, you know, the offense was the big story the first four games of the year for Kansas, similar to how that was a big story for us the four games. But then we go to Kansas State, we go to Colorado on the road, and our defense had to show up to make plays because the offense wasn't quite clicking. Same story down at A&M. So, you know, being able to win on offense or defense and special teams is something that you have to do to really achieve the kind of greatness you want to get up there to have 9, 10, 11, 12 wins in a season. So I think uh, that is a really encouraging to see as a fan and former player that they're able to pull together and, and make plays on defense when the offense had a, you know, a bit of an off day. Um, so we'll, we'll hopefully we'll see that moving in the right direction. You know, they're going to play a lot of good teams on the schedule remaining. And there's going to be tough days where – you know, they're going to have to win using all three all three facets of the game. Uh, so that was really encouraging to see this past weekend. You know, you being back around the program, you know, what have you taken from Coach Leipold and just watching him, you know, grow this program? Well, yeah, in, in the limited time I've been around, Coach Leipold and his staff, I mean, they, they've got a great energy. They've, they've been running successful programs for well over a decade. They know how to win. They've done it at every level in college football. Um, I think they also just know how to develop young men. And, and the first time I spoke with Coach Leipold and, and, and uh, A.D. Goff, you know, they just talked about building building a culture the right way, you know, instilling the right kind of discipline in the young players, making sure people focus on academics and athletics at the same time, and then going out there and putting the work in. Uh, and it's got a lot of resemblance to what I think Coach Mangino did to turn around the program, you know, over 15 years ago, uh, doing, thing the right, doing things the right way, putting in a lot of sweat, blood, and tears to go out there and develop guys, uh, and then not being penalized, not being penalized, not turning the ball over. Those are all small things that come down to your mental preparation. At the end of the day, you may not always be the biggest, fastest, strongest team, but if you don't hurt yourself and you play uh, really disciplined football, you're going to give yourself a chance to win against anybody. You know, when a team's going through this, Todd, and, and they've, they're kind of finding newfound success, if you will, 
what's kind of the key on staying focused and grounded and, you know, not getting ahead of yourself? Because these are kind of new, new waters for some of the guys. Yeah, but, you know, when you're a team like Kansas, you've had so many years uh, of being kind of beaten down and, and people will talk real negatively about the state of the program. Um, I, I think it's really easy to stay grounded because you knew you know how hard it was to get to the point of having a 5-0 and record, uh, of putting in all the long hours in the offseason. So I, I think the team, if anything, every week they're going to have a chip on their shoulder. I know we did back in 2007 because even though we were 5-0 and and you know, scoring a tons of points and, and putting up big stats nationally, people kept picking us to lose. And people are going to continue to pick Kansas to lose for the whole rest of the season just because they, they know what Kansas was the last, you know, five or ten years. So I think that's going to give these guys weekly motivation to continue to prove the sports writers, the media, other universities, fans, whoever they're playing, uh, prove them wrong. Uh, and I think that's about all the motivation you can have uh, as a young player is to go out there and continuously show everyone that, that you guys have something a lot more special than people are giving you credit for. And it may take the whole season till they actually believe you. I know it did for us. It took that Orange Bowl win against Virginia Tech for, for people to really say, okay, it, what they had really was special, and they really were that good. All right, Todd, so on Saturdays when you're back home there, t- tell me about your routine. You know, where do you watch the game? You know, h- how do you watch the game on Saturdays? Well, it just kind of depends. You know, I've watched uh, a couple games with, uh, with with family and friends, but I think this weekend uh, versus TCU, I, I got quite a few friends, good buddies, that went to TCU. So we're, we've already got the, the text message chains going with a lot of smack talk going back and forth. <laughs> so I think I might be uh, meeting up with, with a number of them. So I might be the you know one of the few Jayhawks fans around, but uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna represent us proudly and, and make sure that we're uh, you know we're out cheering those those, those Horn Frog fans this Saturday. All right, folks, that's Todd Reesing. He's one of the greats, and we appreciate him joining us on the Inside Slant podcast. Hey, Todd, thank you very much for your time, man. Look forward to talking to you again soon. John, always a pleasure to talk to you. Have a great day, and we'll talk to you soon. Kirby, Reesing always delivers. I mean, what a heck of an interview. You know, Randy, Reesing's always been one of my favorites, okay? Um, Back when I used to interview him when he was a player, He's just all, I mean, he was just a great guy to talk to, you know, always shot you straight and, you know, was always colorful and, and could always talk. And he's not changed. He's not, he's not changed one bit. He's uh he's the same guy that I remember talking to him as a player. Hey, I'll tell you what makes me feel old, right? Is, I mean, you're, I'm sitting here talking to Todd Reesing. <laughs> I mean, I remember writing the story on him when he committed to KU. So man, I'll tell you what, that's uh, definitely making me feel old, but what, what a great guy to have on. I'm so glad he joined us. Absolutely. Now, before we get into our predictions for the game against TCU, I love doing this. So it's time for me to put you on the spot. Uh Uh-oh. This is a loaded question, Kirby, and I know how you love to try to to skirt or step away from these when I put them (laughs) on you. But as you look back on this program, if if there is one thing that stood out to you about how Lance Leipold has, has begun to turn this thing around, and when I say begun, you got to remember, he just took the job 17 months ago. We are still in the early stages of where this thing could go. But if you were to look back and, and point to one thing that has stood out to you about what he's done in the time since he was hired in May of 2021, what would that thing be, John? Oh, boy. Um, one thing... You know, Randy, and, and I, and we've talked about this too, the, the buzzword culture. Okay. But, mm-hmm. but, but I'll, I'll go a little further into it. And what he's been able to do with flipping the roster has probably been the most impressive thing to me. And I think that's why they are where they are right now. And when I talk about flipping the roster and culture, I'm going to kind of combine them together because th- this is something that I don't think a lot of people have talked about. When you bring in 20 transfers, and you bring them into an existing program, you have to be really good because you are playing with team chemistry, you are playing with a system, and you have to figure out a way to integrate those 20 transfers into your current team and make everything work, okay? That is not Mm -hmm. an easy thing to do. That is really hard, okay? Because you have current players, and they got 20 guys coming in to take their job, 
Okay, so they look at things different. I mean, this happens all over the country. And the fact that they have been able to go out and find the right kids. And I'll even, listen, Lance Leipold and his staff have been great, but you got to give some credit to the behind-the-scenes guys, too. Uh, Rob Ionello, Grant Murray, Scott Aligo, Greg Schwarzkopf. I mean, the, the guys that are inside that are doing the research to make sure they're getting good kids that fit in the program, they spend a lot of time to make sure they're bringing in quality people that will mesh and it doesn't always work that way. So if there's one thing that stands out to me, it's how he has taken the roster, he's flipped it fast, but he's done it by building a culture and inter- intertwining everybody so quick. That's been the most impressive thing to me. Mm-hmm. I and and you're exactly right. And it's I don't think even for those of us who who were by our own admissions, maybe overly optimistic. I don't think anyone saw this coming. I mean, did you, and, and I'm going to put you on the spot just one more time, kind of an impromptu follow-up here, John. In your wildest dreams, did you see them starting 5-0? and No. No, I didn't. Um, and I just don't, I don't think many people can say they did. I mean, as a matter of fact, if some people would claim that they saw 5-0 and coming, I'd probably say they're a liar, okay? I mean, I just... It's hard to imagine back knowing what we did. I mean, I mean, listen, Randy, there were people back in the summertime belly aching that they didn't get out of the Houston game. Okay? I mean, that was a talk. And let me tell you something. I believe that was a real thing. I think at one time they were trying to get out of that game. Okay? Well, yeah. what'd they do? They go down there and just whip Houston, right? Beat them in their, in their own, on their own field. So my point is, there's a, if, it's hard to believe that someone would think they'd be five and zero. I don't think it's you know out of the entire stretch of the imagination. Okay, I, we all said that KU was going to be an improved team if the ball bounces their way. But hey, I would have never put money that they'd be five and zero. Now it's time to preview this matchup and and what is for this program. Ranked number 19 in the nation, a chance to climb higher and go 6-0 and and to be bowl eligible after six weeks of football. Got a huge matchup Saturday. College game day is in town to watch the Jayhawks gear up to take on Texas Christian University. It's time to break down this game and get into our predictions from the guys at Jayhawks land. John, tell me what you think about this game. Well, this is going to be a tough one. Um, and, and, you know, I don't, I don't know that the matchups favor the Jayhawks on this one. Um, the, the defense is really going to be tested because TCU, Randy can do a lot of things. They can run double tights. They can run power. They can spread you out for wide and they've got Dugan who is absolutely on fire right now. I mean, TCU on the offensively, they're going 250 on the ground and 300 in the air right now. I mean, that's. Those are pretty impressive numbers. They can, no doubt. Like I said, they can do things a lot of different ways. Dugan's running ability is something that worries me because against Iowa State, Deckers did, he just really wasn't ever a threat to run. KU could kind of pin their ears back and kind of get after him. But, but Duggan can flat out beat you. I mean, last week against Oklahoma, he went on a long run. I don't know if it was 60, 70 yard run, and he got to the edge. And I'm telling you what, he surprised those Oklahoma corners and safeties because they took bad angles at him, and he went around them. So they've got fast receivers. They'll throw the deep ball. They're very talented. Uh, Miller, their running back, he leads the country in yards per carry. So offensively, they are big and physical up front. You know, this is a team that is going to really challenge the KU defense. On the other side of the ball, you know, they've got some similarities to Iowa State. They run that kind of 3-3-5 stack. Now, I don't know if it's the same exact principle and if they play it the same way Iowa State does, but they do line up a lot the same way. Uh, Their pass rush has been okay. The strength is their defensive back and their linebackers. And, you know, Randy, everybody's stuck on this Oklahoma game from last week with TCU. And TCU looked phenomenal, okay? Now, Oklahoma did lose the Gabriel kid, the the quarterback. He went down about midway through the second quarter. But by the time that happened, TCU was in charge 34-10. to 10. 
And, and I think everybody's talking about how impressive TCU was, which they were. Don't get me wrong. They really were. But the week before that, they played SMU, okay? And SMU had 480 yards of offense on TCU. So mm-hmm. I do think that Kansas can move the football. And if Kansas is going to win the game, it's, it's going to have to get up there in the scoring. So it, this is a deal where the defense is going to have to play like they did last week. Special teams is going to have to play well. But here's what I'm going to say. Two podcasts ago, I came on and I picked Houston. I picked the Jayhawks to beat Houston. They were seven-point dogs. I came back and picked them against Duke. And then last week, I said, here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to ride the momentum. I'm going to ride the hot team, the Jayhawks, and I went with them over Iowa State. Okay? And the same Uh thing, I'm going to stay here. I'm going to stick to my word. I'm going to stay true to my word that I'm riding the momentum. I'm going Jayhawks 34, TCU 31. Give me yours, man. It's funny. We've We've been doing these podcasts for a good number of years now. And it's over time, it's interesting to see how how close our numbers have started to get, specifically over the last couple of years, in regards to our pro- projections for points. I see this one very similar to, to everything that you just said. This is going to be the biggest physical test that Kansas has faced so far this season. TCU has... Good speed at the skill positions. Their defense, as you said, very physical, very sound. But they've also got athletes. Being a school in the state of Texas, they have speed everywhere. They've got guys that can make plays on both sides of the ball. This is going to be a game that Kansas has to be up for the challenge. I expect them to be. I'm like you. Six weeks into this thing. I'm a believer now. Kansas, 38. Texas Christian, 31. Uh-oh. We got two two uh, two predictions for the Jayhawks. I, I, and I, part of, I'm nervous about that. I am, but man, I just, I just have this feeling, especially after last week, and I know there were people that talked about on the board, they were like, gosh, what happened to the offense? Where were the... The points explosions, but we heard from Coach Leipold and from Coach Kotelnicki how they approached this as this was a field position game, and they they admittedly from the head coach they got a little conservative in their play calling because they knew that was the kind of game that they had to play to be able to get, win against Iowa State. And as you pointed out, they've now illustrated they have a different way to win. They can outscore people, they can outrun people. Now they can out tough people. They can play assignment football field position and beat you with that kind of game. And that gives me even more confidence that against a team that maybe for the first time this year is maybe a little more talented than the Jayhawks. I think they hang in this one. I think they make a statement and I think they get the win on Saturday in front of a massive sold out crowd college game day on hand and take the next step and make themselves bowl eligible six games into this season. Now, John, we had a great group of recruits on hand for last week's win over Iowa State. And I know you have you already made a couple posts this afternoon. You've been tracking even more names that are coming this weekend. Tell us about some of the folks that you have been able to identify that are going to be in the booth on Saturday morning. Yeah, Randy. So, you know, before I get into the names, I think it's going to be interesting. I don't know what the rules are, how they're going to be able to do this, where recruits can go up and maybe see the actual game day set and and be part of that and then come back down later. It'll be interesting how they intertwine all that. Um, Uh So, hey, Lee Summit North, I'm starting off there. Okay. Williams. That's a hell of a place to start. Williams, (laughs) uh, Walneri, who Mm -hmm. is the D end. And a big-time recruit told me today he's coming. He will also be there with Isaiah Mosey, who is, oh, as you know, Jamar, the head coach's son. Jamar Mosey's son. Now, Jamar told me he won't make it, but the wide receivers coach is going to bring some guys down, and they're going to get a chance to experience game day, and they got a lot of talent at that school. 
Uh, Blake, no doubt. Blake Harold is coming back. KU commit. Keaton Kubeka, wide receivers coming back. Just making a trip back from Texas. Making it back. Hey, they can't. They got to get back for game day. They told me that. Logan Brantley, linebacker from Colorado, just told me just before the podcast started that he will be back. And then they've That's got awesome. a nice little mix of some 2024, 2025 guys coming in. Uh, William Nettles, a corner out of Dallas Christian, he holds a KU offer. Uh, Harrison Utley, uh, offensive lineman out of Oklahoma, holds an offer. Big, good-looking kid. Yes, yes. Hudson Peroni, uh, an offensive lineman out of Stratford, Texas, has an offer. He'll be there. Dylan Mills, kind of an interesting guy here, a quarterback out of California. He's a 2014 guy. He just uh, He's got an offer. He told me he'll be there. B.J. Kennedy from Topeka will be coming in for his third game. He, he's visited three times, so, I mean, you got to start feeling good when a recruit's been to your place three times. Another no talent, doubt. Another talented lineman, Grant Bricks from Iowa. He's been he's been picking up offers left and right. He'll be there probably. you got to love an a lineman from Iowa whose name is Grant Bricks. Yeah, with an X. That sounds like a lineman. Yeah, with an X. <laughs> um, yes. Hey, speaking of linemen, one of my favorite, Favorite lineman that will be in the 2014 class, Andrew Sprague, will be mm-hmm. in. He'll be in from, from Rockers. Rockers. I talked to Kelly Donahoe today over there, and I mean, Ke- Kelly loves him. You know, he talked about how athletic he is, how well he bends for a six foot eight kid. He's a starter mm-hmm. on the basketball team, really good athlete. And, and also staying local here, JB Price, uh, running back from Blue Valley, he is going to be really good. He's at 2024. He'll be in. He just picked up a KU offer last night. And then... You know, I had a conversation just real quick on JB. I had a conversation last night with he with the former head coach at Lincoln Prep, Bill Lowe, who is now oh, yeah. uh, head coach at a private school in California. And he messaged me and he said, Randy, I'm going to tell you, he's legit. He said he's one of the best backs they had at Lincoln Prep and they only had him as a freshman. He said he was like, he's dynamic. And he, he said he is, he is a definite division one prospect that they think could be big time. And when, when coach Lowe reached out to me and said that unprovoked, I was like, you know what, this is that that's saying a lot, especially for a guy that now is coaching in Southern California. Yeah. Yeah. And then I'll, I'll end it here. My last guy that I just kind of had written down to talk about was Julian Marks. He's a defensive lineman from St. Thomas Aquinas. Remember this mm-hmm. name, Julian Marks. 67250. He's a 2025 guy. So, I mean, this guy is going to be a monster and and he's already got a KU offer. So, so that hey, it's a that's a pretty strong group of guys. And listen, th- this list isn't complete, okay? There's going to be more because what's going on, Randy, is there are players now saying, "Okay, I'm going to have a free Saturday morning. I'm calling KU seeing if they can get me in." Cuz this list grew today. I expect more names to come in Thursday, and and there's a lot more names than what we talked about. I kind of just wanted to jot down a few of the headliners. I think this group of recruits is going to hit around 100 for the weekend. So it is going to be a big group. Do you think in the midst of that big group, there might be a couple surprises? Maybe a few people that we wouldn't have expected well, yeah, I mean, you never know. You know, like the old Calvin Clements, right? Mm-hmm. Where nobody knows he's coming, and all of a sudden you'll walk out and there's Calvin Clements. I, I don't know, um, but I do know this. I know this for a fact. They are getting a lot of interest, and there are recruits now that are taking notice to KU. And I asked Leipold about that um, after the game, after the Iowa State game. And he said, yeah, we're, we're, we are definitely starting to see – the difference and and how this is all paying off. So, and, and we're seeing it with the big list of recruits who are showing up every Saturday. Very very exciting time, and a lot of exciting news there when you talk about the the momentum that the Jayhawks are starting to feel on the recruiting trail with such a huge list that just continues to grow coming in for Saturday's matchup. College game day going to be on the hill to get you ready, to get the nation ready. 
Think about that for a minute. To get the entire nation ready to watch Kansas play host to TCU in a battle of undefeated top 20 teams. John, I'm not sure. I, I may be dreaming this whole dang thing. You need Somebody needs to pinch me. I, I cannot believe that, like I said, 17 months after Lance Leipold took the job, this is where we are. Well, he said something interesting on Hawk Talk tonight. He said he had a conversation with somebody at ESPN, mm-hmm. and he he said that it was put it was put this way to him from the person at ESPN that this is a three hour infomercial for your school. Oh, oh, I love your, the sound of that for your program. And this guy told him, "You got three million people who are going to be watching game day at the University of Kansas," and I don't think people understand how big that is. But it is huge. So I mean, I, I think I think we've taken you know the game day in basketball for granted because Kansas is such a tradition rich, great basketball you know history that comes with it, and they're good every year. Mm-hmm. So when game day comes, you're just like, well, oh, game day's coming again. Exactly. But for foot for football, this is like a whole new world. So it, it's going to be a lot of fun. That is the final word from our man John Kirby on this pregame edition of the Inside Slant podcast from JayhawkSlant.com. We've gotten you ready for the Saturday's matchup against TCU. We've talked about the recruits coming in. We've also looked back on what was a huge, huge conference win for Lance Leipold's Jayhawks over Iowa State last Saturday. We have heard from two of the biggest names in Kansas athletic history in Todd Reesing and David Lawrence. We've heard it all. We've talked about the undefeated Kansas Jayhawks. We've also pointed out that not only are the Kansas football Jayhawks undefeated, but so is the Inside Slant podcast and Team Driven Fundraising. Again, I want to remind you guys, Team Driven Fundraising, our sponsor, they're the ones that make this whole thing possible, allow us to have this kind of fun and share all this great Kansas football information with loyal Jayhawks all across the country and really all around the world. Take a minute. If you have kids that are involved in athletics at their school or in club programs, there is nobody better than team-driven fundraising to help you, help them stay involved and maybe help kids that couldn't otherwise afford it be able to pursue the sports and the activities that they love. Reach out to Team Driven Fundraising. They've got a great deal going right now for listeners of the Inside Slant podcast. You can get 5% off a package with them. Reach out to them. Go to teamdrivenfundraising.com. For my man John Kirby, I am Randy Withers. You've been listening to the Inside Slant podcast from jayhawkslant.com. We will talk with you again soon. This has been a podcast from jayhawkslant.com.